and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 92, and on this week's show, our featured review is Shiva Baby. Hot new indie film doing the rounds. It's going to be big. Can't wait to talk about it. But before we get into any movie-related talk, let me introduce my co-host, Travis. Welcome. How's it going, man? Happy 420, everyone. Happy 420. I wish I was uh, imbibing, but alas, it's not legal in Florida. And uh, the weed I have, uh, I, I have, hypothetically, the weed I have, uh, <laughs> if anyone's listening, uh, is uh, hot dog garbage. It's the worst weed I've ever smoked in my life. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Bummer. Yeah. Uh, Tom. Stings uh, the nostrils. W- yeah, just the whole body. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pleasant experience. I do smoke it sometimes, hypothetically, uh, to help me sleep. So, mm-hmm. you know. Tom, what's going on, man? Welcome. Dude, I have so many updates. Oh, I don't know if I should just yeah. jump right in or, you know, if we want to even hear Travis's voice or what. Well, uh, we're not here to <laughs> fuck around, so let's let's hear it. Let's hear it, Tom. Okay. The list is all mental, Travis. So, number one, I got a vaccine scheduled. You guys know this. Yeah. I texted you, but the whole world needs to know. So, yes. Thursday, I, getting the I stab. I do as well. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow. Oh, uh, do you get J&J, or what they do with you? They switched me to Moderna. Nice. That's the one I got. Yeah. I'm getting the classic. Pfizer. Pfizer. You're a Pfizer guy? Fies guy, through and through. Uh, I I don't know. If I showed up and they said, oh, yeah, that's wrong. We're giving you Moderna. I'd be like, okay. (laughs) 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 I really don't care. So anyway, that's good news. Mm -hmm. Um, News number two. uh, Vinny got his first sunburn this weekend because we had some beautiful weather up here in the Pacific Northwest. And um, And you're a negligent parent? uh, Yeah. Well, Sarah feels really (laughs) guilty about it. I don't really feel that guilty. I mean, it was an oopsie, right? We learned. But um it's uh, going to happen at least once, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, it's not the worst sunburn I've ever seen. Uh <laughs> the point is we had great weather and he got to spend like all weekend outside. We had people visiting us. It was great. Yeah, you got you got he's got to develop a tough skin for that kid early on, so what better yeah, way than I mean, to you literally can't survive. tan his skin? <laughs> you can't survive in Everett without, like, you know, really thick skin because the sun here is so intense. Um, we're very close to it, you know. Uh, let's see. What else is new? Um, oh, Peloton. Peloton update. So I have to admit I've been very lazy about Peloton for, like, three weeks. But they released a new feature called Sessions. So normally, this is what life is like with Peloton. Either you join a live session, which is bad timing for people on the on the West Coast, and you're in there with like maybe 10,000 people, right? And you just get creamed. Or if you care about the live leaderboards, which I do. Or you go, you do it um, in a uh, in on-demand format where it's like an all-time leaderboard on the side and you can see yourself tracking against everybody who's ever done it before. So usually I'll get like 13,000 out of like 30,000 in that, right? So not too inspiring. Um, But sessions is like mini live sessions. So it's a recorded on-demand class, but they will let anybody who wants to take the same one at the same time queue up together just way more frequently. So like I got on, I'd never seen it before. Um, 
two minutes later, I'm in with nine total people, and I got into a heated battle with an unknown woman in her 30s from Brooklyn uh, for the number one spot. I could tell she saw me coming on the leaderboard. She tried to pick up the pace. She couldn't hold me off. I was victorious, first place in the class, and I PR'd, even though I haven't been on this bike in like three weeks. So uh, the competition fuel was alive and well with Peloton sessions, and I love it. Hell yeah. That's wow. huge. Tommy, Gotta have that competitive side is really coming out lately. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, update number four. I think I'm going to get an Xbox Series X. Oh, no, dude. Hell yeah. PlayStation has just kept me waiting for too long. I've had too much time to think about everything. <laughs> and uh, GameStop is going to have Xbox in stock tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And if I can get one, I'm, I'm getting it. He's itching. <laughs> so you're going to regret it. You're going to regret it, dude. No, why no, am I, no. reg- why am I gonna regret it, man? Huge moves. Xbox They're doesn't have the moves. games. You're not gonna be able to what play Demon. You're not gonna be able to play Demon Souls. That's the that's the only one that hurts. Maybe God of War will hurt in a couple years or whatever when it's out. Last of Us remake remake. You hear about this? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> okay, um, what else you got? The new Horizon, Horizon Frozen mm, Tundra, or whatever. The I got kind of bored playing Horizon. It was pretty. It was kind of fun, Damn. but I didn't get obsessed with it. Oh, dude. Final Fantasy 15, 16. Final Fantasy 16. No, dude. What? I haven't given a shit about Final Fantasy since I was like 14 years old uh untitled george rr R. martin uh from soft i love the epic have fantasy just on tap ready to go you asked me a question <laughs> <laughs> no i don't care about that what so it's a from software oh, game what do you mean you don't care about that okay i do care but i mean come on there's going to be exclusives on xbox as well there's some um new one coming from the people who did outer uh, what worlds? is it? Outer Worlds? That's gonna that looks just like Skyrim, which of course I'm I'm totally here for. And they bought um El- they bought Elder Scrolls or the parent company, so who knows? That could become exclusive. Yeah, not gonna happen. Um, it could, it could. We we got Halo. I mean, there's lots of things to be excited about on the Xbox. Apex. Mm. Well, yeah, dude, you're drinking the I- fucking Kool Aid. I can't believe this. I just feel plus okay. Game Pass is kind of insane. It's a great deal. Yeah, it is, but you don't have time to play anything. What do you care? What do I care about playing? Um, yeah, he doesn't have time to play these <laughs> PlayStation exclusives either. Because the games you really want to be playing are going to be on PlayStation. Whereas instead, you're going to be playing fucking mm. NBA 2K19 for free on EA Play. Big whoop. Hey, I don't, I don't think so, man. Just got, I, looked, I looked at the exclusives. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. We right. just got MLB The Show, PlayStation Studios game on Xbox day one. Let's go. Yeah, early reports are that it runs like absolute dog shit. <laughs> so <laughs> have Let's fun go. with that, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. Everything's going to be cross-play for the most part moving forward anyway, so... God, it should be. I mean, that's the world I want to live in. I know, I know. Uh, is there an update number five? Or was that no, a... No, four. I had it I had it on lock. Hell yeah. 
What about I got you, Travis? A couple updates as well. Let's I actually did write them down so I wouldn't forget them. <laughs> I uh, first things first. I tried Holy Mountain this past weekend, Ooh, and yeah. uh, I was impressed. Um, they don't have as big of a selection as I would like, and I don't think they've dethroned Great Notion. Um, but I loved their stout and uh, got to try some saisons for the first time, which are pretty funky it's like reminds me of a wine beer like a hybrid of the two mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's an acquired taste for sure yeah didn't dislike i'm not sure how many more i would order though um saisons aren't my a, favorite but they make a really good like in between beer you know you get your ipa then you get your saison then you get your pale ale or whatever yeah or stout sure what <laughs> stout did you have did you have um like what's the one they always have, Matt? It's the king. I think it's Plague of their... Angels. That's it. <laughs> That's Sick. the one. Nice. What's yeah. their barrel aged one? King, 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 king. King's head. King's head. Yeah. Is that a stout? I don't, I don't remember. Probably not. <laughs> I think King's head might be like a brown ale or something. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I've, it's been a long time since I've been able to go to Holy Mountain consistently, so I haven't had a lot of their newer beers. But they specialize in. Saisons and stouts. Their IPAs are really good too, but they're not like they're so good. Particularly known for yeah. their IPAs. Their double IPA that I had is real good. Um, and then also, Man. oh Tom, you have a beer thought? Yeah, they had a Citra Pale Ale like five years ago. Oh, that God. was the, f- one the of fresh the best, hop one. The fresh hop Citra oh, Pale Ale, man. one of the best beers I've ever had. It was just like exactly what you want in a hoppy beer uh not too hoppy yeah citra pale ale oh okay fresh hop yeah just fresh hop citra pale ale (laughs) that's all they need when you make the beer that fucking good you can just be like yeah fucking lager what about it (laughs) yeah citra pale get orange (laughs) it looked like it looked like you know some cloudy just perfect orange juice oh man it was superb I never thought a liquid could melt in my mouth, but that's exactly what that beer did. It was just like oh, the all the flavor of the hops ugh. without that bitterness. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Anyway, they do it every year. You're getting me excited. Fresh hop season. It starts um, probably September, I would say. When fresh hop season kicks in, so be on the lookout. Mark my calendar. Now that you're a beer head, you're going to be looking all over. F- from September to October, you're going to see fresh hot beers everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, also, another thing to note, I found out I'm getting a new manager today. Was oh. a, a bomb was dropped. Shit. Oh, uh, doing a little, a little reorg. My company loves to do those every couple years, and you know, blow everything up that we've been working on and start over again. So that's cool. <laughs> uh, that's that's enough on that. And then last but not least, this past weekend, I watched the Jake Paul fight slash event. Did not pay for it, but okay, did watch God. it. <laughs> and it was brutal. <laughs> it was such a poor event. Did you guys hear anything about it? I, I heard mean, everyone making fun of it, but okay. I don't know specifics. Well, Pete, Pete Davidson was a guest there and was basically roasting the whole event while he was announcing, which was pretty awesome. That was probably the highlight of the night. 
Um, there was more live music performances than there were fights. I, I would say I watched like 70%, maybe even 80 music performances and then about 20 to 30% of actual fighting. So that was weird. Justin Bieber performed uh, the, I think they call they call him the Mount Westmore or something like that. It's like all the OG rappers from the Bay Area. It's like Snoop Dogg, E-40, Too Short, one other guy. They all performed. Doja Cat performed. Way too <laughs> many musical performances. Uh, it was a really weird event. And then the main event just seemed staged because... <laughs> Jake Paul just went in there and was able to give a little one-two for the win early on, and it was uh, pretty uneventful. Damn. Yeah, I heard it was a shit show, but I did show or see that Jake Paul called out Tommy Fury. That's who he wants to fight next. Tommy Fury is a little brother of um, the, I can't remember his first name. Fury. He's a big time Tyson? boxer. Tyson Fury. He's a little brother of Tyson Fury, but I know Tommy Fury from Love Island season five. So, oh man, I am a big fan. So I can't wait. I hope he fights Logan Paul. Jake Paul is is Logan the big one or the little one? Logan's little one, right? I I don't know who's older or not. I just know Jake Paul was the one fighting. Come on, you guys are related, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I had to root for him. <laughs> um, my, my distant cousin. Okay, so follow-up question. You didn't pay for it. Did somebody pay for it? No. Okay, good. Did the the illegal method. Yes. I'm familiar. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, sorry you wasted your time. I could have told you ahead of time that it would have been oh, a waste no, of your time. It, but. it was a fun little hangout still. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, would have regretted it if I had paid for it or chipped in or whatever. Right, right. Cool. Um, real quick for me, uh, we are on the eve of my parents coming to visit. They're going to get in uh, tomorrow morning from the time of this recording. So my parents are going to be here for nine days. Going to go to St. Augustine and explore there a little bit. Going to have a barbecue a ton. We went to Costco and I bought them a, a two twenty-four packs of Coors Light, but like the the pint oh, bottles, yeah. like the twist tops. So it's huge. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be partying, and uh, can't wait. That's really all that's new with me, though. Just, just stoked on the visit. Not much going on beyond that. Anything else uh, you guys want to mention before we dive into our review? No, I, I spilled my guts. <laughs> that was a lot of life updates. We haven't had a lot of life updates in the COVID era. so. Well, you know, the sun's out. Things are happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, dive into our review. We're going to be talking Shiva Baby. Uh, hopefully, I can find a clip. Let's uh, listen in. Oh. It's Thank really you. good to see you. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Could you take this to the oh, living room? Sure. I can yeah, totally sure. help you with all this. Right. How was the funeral? Uh, eh, eulogies weren't great. No. Do me a favor. When I go, make a good speech. Oh, you know what? Take the rock along. Okay, I'll um, take these. Thanks. Follow me. Room. Oh, wait, Mom. Who died? Oh, darling. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> wait, Mom. What? Who died? Oh. 
Okay, Shiva Baby is written and directed by Emma Seligman. Plot synopsis is, At a Jewish funeral service with her parents, a college student runs into her sugar daddy. Film stars Rachel Sanat, Molly Gordon, Polly Draper, and Danny DeFerrari. Um, this one wasn't really on my radar. Travis, this was your uh, suggestion. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I mean, I know there's been a little bit of buzz around this thing, but uh, is that why it was on your radar? Just seen, seen people talking about this? Or how do we arrive well, here at this moment? You know, I'm plugged in when it comes to movies. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard this one buzzing around the, uh, the podcast and the interwebs. And uh, I heard comparisons to Safties and Cresha, and that is enough to sell me on any movie. So... Very cool. Yeah. Um, kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but uh, I was going to say that this movie felt like Kresha if it was good. That was going to be you my mean, introductory line. You mean this is Kresha light? <laughs> no, I mean, this is what Kresha wishes it was. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Let me stick my mic right up to my b-hole. Uh, I knew that would be a reaction. You fucking love Kresha. Um But uh, I, I think that's uh, definitely a movie that I, you can compare Shiva Baby to. So it's short. We got a 77 minute runtime. Love that. Um, it's going for a, you know, social anxiety. Um, the, the other movie that kind of came to mind a little bit was She Dies Tomorrow. Just in like the, the kind of mood of of anxiety and dread that it kind of tries to establish in certain moments um but the difference is this movie is also really funny um she dies tomorrow has its humorous moments but um shiva baby i thought was really funny but when it needs to be tense i found it very very effective um i think the performances are awesome it's a very small movie i mean it's essentially a one location film um, but you get a lot of mileage out of the premise of just being, you know, at this funeral service, sitting Shiva, as they say. And uh, I liked it a lot. I can uh, elaborate more later, but that's my general impression. Who wants to go next? I hated it. Oh, no. Really? Straight yeah. up. Just <laughs> thought it sucks. <laughs> Couldn't wait for it to end. <laughs> what? <laughs> You care to elaborate on that? <laughs> sure. Yeah, happy to. Well, here. I'll, well, what I'll did you think, Travis? Before you, uh, um, I liked it quite a bit. Maybe not as much as Matt, but maybe we'll figure out who liked it more when we get into it. But um, <laughs> definitely liked it more than you, Tom. Uh, I thought it had some good humor and a good like sense or feeling of anxiety. It does try and capture that same feeling that like Kresha or the Safdie brothers movies um, try and do. Uh, I did think it was pretty well done given it's like budget and constraints. It's like mostly one location, mostly unknown actors. I mean, there's the dude from a serious man, um, but that was really the only, well, actually Molly Gordon. I think I've seen a couple other people. Yeah, like maybe her sugar daddy's been in some TV or something and I might have seen him in an episode. I don't really know. Um, I feel like there was a lot of uh, character 
slash well yeah character development and just characters in general that were like jam-packed into this short movie and i almost feel like there might have been too much of that and as a result some stuff didn't get fleshed out enough so that might be like my one negative about the movie is that it maybe could have been longer or they could have focused on less characters to try and flesh those moments out more um but yeah for like a first time feature and you know the the limits that it was working under uh, i thought it was pretty solid so i think if it had been too much longer like just because of the scale of the film and it being one location like i i do think you'd get diminishing returns on the mood of the film if it went on too much longer like i think the fact that it's so economic is a big strength of the film because it doesn't overstay its welcome. It doesn't repeat because really there's only a few scenes that really go all in on the like, you know, tense orchestral strings and like the distorted uh, camera where it starts to get a little blurry. Like there's one scene in particular towards the end of the film that like really lays it on thick that I thought was super effective. I think too much more of that. And it, maybe would have started to overstay its welcome and feel like it was just kind of repeating itself. So I think the the short running time See, works to its favor. I, I think it had diminishing returns like almost immediately. I, I think it <laughs> repeated itself way too much. Um, we went through the same like experience over and over again. We heard the same conversations a million times. Um, I thought maybe it was also not, I think there's some parts of the movie that maybe are not relatable to everybody in terms of like the amount of pressure that apparently uh, the main character is feeling. Um, everybody can relate with that to, to an extent, but uh, the way it seems to kind of consume and control her um, and affect her, I thought was a little bit hard to um, hard to relate with. Uh, I didn't think the movie was funny. I I don't think I ever laughed. Maybe okay, maybe a couple parts early early on in the movie, but um, and then those those moments of anxiety, you know, when you're talking about the strings or just basically every conversation that she has, I wasn't enjoying that in the way that I might enjoy uh, a movie that's intentionally creating anxiety. I was just frustrated. I thought that the character conversations and dialogue and like the motivations of the various different characters were were um unrealistic and bizarre um and uh and so i yeah i was just frustrated with with the whole structure of it and um <laughs> just how annoying it was <laughs> That's where I was. And Sarah, Sarah, you know, for what it's worth, we watched it together and she felt the same way. So we were probably feeding off each other a little bit. But I mean, we definitely paused like at a couple parts during the movie. And we're just like, does this suck? Are you hating this as well? <laughs> um, and we both were. So uh, I don't know. What, what, what Did you enjoy those parts? Like, do, is any of what I'm saying um, resonating with you, either of you, about like the characters? Um. And the repetitiveness Maybe of the whole thing. slightly, but I didn't have as much of a strong reaction as you. I didn't necessarily mind those. And 
it seemed pretty fitting just given the family dynamic and like I know that that's kind of a thing for Jewish families so maybe it's a little hard to relate in that regard um, but I could I guess I could see how someone could be annoyed by it yeah I, I see where you're coming from like I can see how that could be your reaction of you know it it comes across as annoying or that the tension just feels manufactured like one of the worst things is when a movie you know a movie is telling you to feel a certain way and you feel the opposite like that definitely can put you in a situation where you're like this fucking sucks fuck this movie you know what i mean like i've definitely been there before it just it worked for me, like in the in the scenes where I was supposed to be super tense, I was super tense and I was like on edge with the conversations. And I think it just the movie just gets so much mileage by building up these awkward conversations to a, a fever pitch. And it just it's I had so much secondhand embarrassment watching this movie. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it tackles some very modern sensitive topics and it is i think really funny like i actually wrote down a line that made me laugh out loud it's uh molly gordon's character she's like the ex-girlfriend they're talking about uh, they were getting in a fight early on in the movie and uh molly gordon says uh you're projecting a lot of misogyny for a future women's march organizer and i just fucking <laughs> burst out laughing that's such a good that's such a good line there's, there's just lots of little lines like that that made me crack up. And I really like the performances. I think Rachel Sanat um, was great. Um, and I, I like Molly Gordon a lot as well. The, the characters just felt really lived in. And it felt organic. Like, it felt like maybe the writer was drawing from her personal life, you know? I don't know if oh, some yeah. of the... I don't know if some of the smaller actors... Um, are I don't know if anyone if she's related to any of them. I don't know if she casts like any of her family members, but you definitely get the sense that she's drawing from, if not a biographical experience, you know, she's drawing from her personal life in ways that made the characters feel lived in. Even though there's really not character development in the traditional sense, you just kind of immediately get a sense based on how the characters talk, how they interact with one another. You kind of get a feel for the the politics of the family and I love that stuff. I thought it was super, super impressive and I was a, I was a big fan. Yeah, I did. I mean, to steal a word that you used, I did like how economical it was. Um, just how you would learn things along the way, but going into the movie, you don't really get any sort of, you know, background. It's just like as characters are introduced and as conversations go on, you just kind of pick up on things. And I think, there's some like cleverness with the screenwriting as well. Just like moving the story along without getting bogged down in details at all. Oh, totally. And I think that the screenwriting is, is very mature in the sense that there's a lot of show. Don't tell like there are things that are left unsaid and you're just supposed to make assumptions based on like, for example, the sugar daddy's um, wife Mm-hmm. That whole situation is, it's never made explicit, but based on her behavior and her reaction, like we're meant to believe that she 
you know, saw something on the main character's phone that kind of set in force this chain reaction. But it's also, it could just be the the behavior, excuse me, the behavior that she had observed over the course of the funeral. Like, the, the movie in those moments doesn't make itself explicit and say, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't come out and say things that um, can be inferred based on context, you know what I mean? Whereas a, a lesser movie could have been a little bit more straightforward with some of that, that plot and action, you know? Yeah, you don't want to be on your phone for this one because you might miss something. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the movie opens with uh, her banging the sugar daddy. Did you guys, did it immediately register that that was him at the funeral? I mean, I guess it's right in the plot description. I didn't read the plot description before. Yeah, but he did look movie. different. And Sarah, he did, right? like 20 minutes later, was like, is that him? I was like, yeah. Okay. She That's why like, I well, mentioned it. I thought it must have been, but he looked different. <laughs> yes. That was basically my reaction, too. I was like, this has to be him. But I don't know. I don't know if he was wearing glasses in the that, beginning that scene. curly-headed or? fuck. Curly-headed fuck. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> um. And this is uh, probably a little bit of a factor in my enjoyment of the film, but I've always been a little envious of, of Jewish culture, you know, like watching, you know, it feels weird to say now, but watching Woody Allen movies, you know what I mean? Like I've always loved watching um, Jewish families and Jewish characters and seeing the rituals and transparent. I was a huge fan of, um, there's, there's a bunch of stuff I've seen over the years, and I've just always felt like, I don't know, spiritually, like I, I wish that I was, um, that I you was Jewish, that now, you know what Matt. I mean? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but I've just always, I've always really had an appreciation for Jewish culture and the, the, the practices and just the way uh, the... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, idiosyncrasies of the way that they talk with one another and the family, the traditional family dynamics and the way you can play with that, especially with this newer generation. Um, I just like that stuff. I find that enjoyable and it, it fascinates me. And I was, uh, I was on board the whole way through. I loved it. I thought the characters were, aside from the two main girls, um, stereotypes. And that the um, the two main characters were unlikable and also unbelievable. Really, you think so? Unbelievable in what sense? I think so. What weren't so, you buying that they were? Selling? I wasn't buying. Uh, I wasn't buying a few different things. So, like one is, um, I mean, minor spoilers, right? They show up to the party. She talks to her mom. Clearly, they've gone through this process a million times. Uh, there's going to be certain expectations within the group that they have to be around. They're, they're trying to maintain a certain appearance. She says, what's my talk track, right? It's like, done it a million times. Then she goes in there, and she completely flubs it every time she has to actually talk about it. Like, she's the most awkward human possible and a terrible liar. And then um, uh, the fact that, okay, there's an app involved, that she's getting push notifications sent to her lock screen. That's just not believable. <laughs> they even have uh, a person who's a significant other but who pick up the phone wait, who like why would is that naturally... not believable though? You'd be surprised. I don't think that's believable. Tom, you'd be surprised how many people one don't hide their notifications on their phone. 
Two that don't even have a lock on their phone. You would be surprised. Okay. I'm always okay. amazed. Well, that was a minor thing. That. that was a minor thing. I think also the um, so Maya's character is like this sort of um, you know she's going to be going to law school. She's this young professional. Blah 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 blah. And then randomly at some point in the party, she just like gets super crass about her background with um, with uh, the main character. Um, and it just, it didn't fit with the rest of it. I felt like these characters swung wildly in either direction based on like what fit the moment and not what fit their character. That's how it came across to me. Tom, I think you're becoming a dad is making you lose touch with your own generation. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think yeah, so. These fucking youngsters, they can't keep their act together. <laughs> you think this young woman is going to succeed in law school acting like that? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, you got me good there, but... Um, <laughs> I will say, to change direction, is... Uh, I feel like the... I mean, maybe they fit for the movie, but I don't feel like the stakes were ever that high in the movie to really, like try and like match or go for the anxiety type feeling that it was going for. Like I definitely felt some moments of like tension and, you know, feelings of anxiety, but it just, I don't know that there's other movies that we've already talked about that I think have way higher stakes and therefore you're way more invested because of those heightened stakes. See, I I disagree. I think that's the beauty of the movie in that, yeah, relatively speaking, the stakes are low, but Come on, there's a merit. To, no. to quote Howard Ratner himself, <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> so, the yes, relatively speaking, the stakes are low, right? But, I mean, there's a marriage at stake. There's this, you know, awkwardness between, um, you know, her and, and the sugar daddy. And I feel like a lesser movie would have toyed with that idea and then it would have culminated in this big blowout where she's like I've been fucking your husband for blah 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 he pays me like it's it's left unspoken for a lot of it and Thank I do God think it do that I know right it, it, <laughs> I think it's super successful in playing with that tension like yeah the stakes are low but her whole family is gonna know that she is you know basically uh, meeting with men who pay her for sex to pay her in gifts and you know like that's the lifestyle that she's leading she's not saving up for law school or whatever her excuse is right like she that's how she's paying for it and then you have the awkwardness of him the sugar daddy finding out that uh her like mommy and daddy pay her rent and stuff like she's been lying about why she needs the funds and there's just these revelations that occur that are big deal to the characters in the scene and the way it's executed feels bigger and more effective than it really is because if you don't give a shit about the characters like tom i could totally see the reaction being like who fucking cares you know what i mean like none of this matters and i did not get that feeling at all watching it i was invested and i felt like there were stakes and i think that's a strength of the movie yeah, and I'll kind of agree with you in saying that like it I feel like the stakes are high when you put it on like a personal or character level, but if we're talking like movie stakes, they don't really reach the heights that like most people would get invested in. Like sure. it still feels very personal, but like 
in movies like Uncut Gems or even like Good Time, the stakes are like movie style stakes and it's you're like naturally just going to get super invested in that you know tension of what's going on yeah like this this is a movie like i'm not going to show my parents this movie you know what i mean like this is not something that i would recommend to just joe schmo off the street like you have to have an appreciation for Small scale, right? I mean, it just takes place in an apartment and nobody gets shot. There's no big blow up. Nobody gets divorced at the end of it. You know, like nobody has a baby at the funeral. You know, there's no like Hollywood moment that occurs in it. And that could be boring for some people. You know what I mean? So like, I I don't think a movie like this necessarily should have to have those high stakes or have those moments where it's life or death or uh, maybe there's some fantastical element or, you know, whatever it is, if it's a, whether it's a gimmick or it's, it's a Hollywood movie trope. Like I don't think movies have to do that. And I really appreciate that this movie is as simple as it is while still being as effective and impactful for me personally, you know? I would agree with that. Very Tom's cool. wrong. It's it's fine. I'm I'm <laughs> honestly surprised, Tom. <laughs> I uh, I thought you would come in. You know, I thought you'd be coming in at like a three point five or four on this thing, mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. you'd love it. Like I I I mm. it was never in the cards that you would hate it, but I thought I, maybe... I just didn't care. I you know it it really was a so what movie for me at the end. I was yeah. just like okay, please end and um. <laughs> You know, and then the way that it does end, uh, without spoiling it, I just thought was like a cutesy, you know, it. I don't know, meaningless. Was it though? <laughs> <laughs> I like the ending. Haley felt the same way though. Haley felt that it was super abrupt, and she didn't love it. She felt like there were things that were unresolved, and yeah, there are things that were unresolved. But I don't mean I the, like I, yeah, I don't mind the lack of resolution for things. I just thought, um, I just thought it was kind of uh like i said cutesy just yeah like, i don't know it, if it's a sad it doesn't really fit ending. with anything it doesn't i don't take anything away from it except for i don't know it felt like a sitcom ending yeah that's actually that's actually a good point it, it did feel a little bit like a sitcom ending but based on what we know about these characters i thought it was a super fitting way to end the movie because we see the whole movie from the perspective of our main character, right? And there's all this drama going on. Like Danielle is constantly in and out of these horrible conversations and there's all this pressure. And, you know, the parents, especially the mom are like kind of annoyed and kind of babysitting the situation. Um, But they're not in on all of this information that we have. So for the movie to end without being too specific of, you know, basically some of the characters with none of this prior information, basically not forcing, but trying to be nice and get people to come with them. Right. Like I thought that was hilarious. The fact that we have all this information, but you know, mom and dad don't. And I thought that that was just such a fitting way to end the movie. Um, without, you know, having to, to tie all the strings together and give every character's arc a resolution. Like I thought, 
just th- that felt very playful to me. And and yeah, I think you could compare it to like the end of a sitcom episode. It, it kind of feels like, you know, uh, the shows aren't, you know, this is not a show that's similar to this movie, but it kind of felt like the way and It's Always Sunny episode would end or something, you know, like all this shit to happen and then the characters just end up together in this awkward situation and then just ends. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like that. I actually like the ending quite a bit, but um, I totally see where you come from. Half star bump right there. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. How high are you going on this one, Matt? <laughs> um, do we want to do star ratings? Do we have any other thoughts on uh, Shiva baby? Oh, how long did it take you guys? Or maybe you already knew cause you read the plot description, but the, the pun of the movie, I mean, did you guys read? I didn't really look into this movie at all before we watched it. Um, I might not even know what you're talking about. And one says sugar baby, shiva baby. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, I didn't really connect that. Oh, so, <laughs> so nobody. Pretty <laughs> 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 good. It wasn't. I thought it was just sort of a play on her basically being a baby. She has like no agency in this movie it's really annoying <laughs> Jesus. she's taking a van home with her parents like she wants to leave the party but can't i mean just grow the fuck up she's god damn god damn get him Tom. like it's totally you watch this in a different context you watch like um uh uh ladybird totally different i love that movie it's uh it's very near and dear to me but but this maybe it's just her age and the fact that i just don't like her so much grow up right (laughs) right grow the fuck up damn you should uh dm her on twitter and let her know that you uh you hate her (laughs) the uh uh i hate her character i I know nothing about the actress um i didn't think she was a bad performer um i did love the line okay best character is the mom and the best line is when She's whispering these another unrealistic conversation to happen in front of other people. But when she says, Why are you guys checking my account so frequently? And he said, Because there are accounts, honey. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great line. And yeah, I mean, sure, like maybe that's not something that most people would say. But I, I totally bought that these characters, for the most part, there are probably some exceptions, but for the most part, I totally bought that this family and these people would be that blunt. And yeah, it's playing through the screen, like these little asides that are occurring in front of this crowd. But like, I would imagine you also didn't like the scene where um, uh, Danielle, she like spills, like bumps into somebody and spills the coffee all over herself or what? Oh, she broke a plate. She broke a plate and like everybody's like standing around like waiting to see what happened. And the mom was like, you know, you know, nothing to see here, people or something like that. Like some of the, the things she end. was saying. Pretty close. When she end, bumps yeah. into the and breaks. I, I don't remember what it was, but she broke a something vase. that was like a bunch of glass and she was like sweeping mm-hmm. it up with her hands. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're like, moment. why? No. Why would yeah. you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I hated that scene. Sarah was shouting at the TV. We already saw this with the coffee. Move on. <laughs> Oh man, damn, dude! Damn. I mean, it was an exact replay of the the same scene, <laughs> but with no more impact. Got a couple of screenwriters over at Tom's house. Yeah, man. Sarah's the screenwriter. She's uh, <laughs> she's the one always yelling, "Missed opportunity." 
All right. Well, you guys ready to give star ratings on this one? Let's do it. All right. Matt, go first. Five stars, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Best film of 2021. Is this considered a 2021 uh, release or no? I don't know. I think for our purposes, it should be. Why? Yeah, so you have something to talk about for worst movie of the year list when we do? <laughs> <laughs> it might make us top 10. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, uh, Travis, you go next. Where'd you land? I'm in between like a 3.5 and a 4. The Matt in me wants to say 4. The Tom in me wants to say 3.5. I'll go 3.5. Oh, man. All right, well, Tom. The Tom and me wants to say two. <laughs> so. so is that what Tom says? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Brutal. Well, we haven't had a spread like that in a while. Five, 3.5, two. That's almost the whole gamut. Not since Thor Ragnarok have we uh, <laughs> had such a split. <laughs> this movie had a really weird release schedule but it looks like 2021 is well yeah yep 2021 for uh united states release like a non-festival release so matt you're good it's gonna be officially the best film of 2021 thus far not that there's been really any competition this year but Mm. well judas and the black messiah was was pretty good but is that considered 2021? Yeah, it didn't it didn't play in theaters or anything. It was a uh, But aren't they premiered... considering it for the Oscars this like for the 2020 Oscars? Well, yeah, but that's because This is where it gets messy. That's only because they extended the eligibility for this year's Oscars. But next year Judas will not be eligible. Right, because it was eligible but it is year. a 2021 movie, technically. Yes, it just happens to be eligible for the Oscars because I of the. They, yeah, I know. It's fucked. This whole year needs to just. <laughs> the past 12 months, I hope, uh, you know. But we can I'll, I'll roll this. with it. That's fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that is Shiva, baby. Uh, let's move on to what we've been watching. Um, any volunteers for going first, or should I go? Where, where are we at? How are we feeling? Uh, I only have one. I have so. a few things. All right. I also only have a couple things. So, Tom. Um, I've seen some or, newer no, not Tom, movies. Jesus. Travis, why don't you fire off a couple real quick? Uh, I saw In the Earth in the theater the other night. The new Ben Wheatley horror COVID-19 movie. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, it was... Okay, I don't really know how I feel about it. I really liked some aspects of it, but like the story in my investment was lacking. I think it was because of the story. Um, there's a lot of movies that you could um, say it's in line with. Like it, I feel like it's pulling from a bunch of different recent movies, to name a few. Annihilation, Midsommar, and Mandy. Uh, but you could Ooh. probably name a few others. What was that? Um, Maybe it comes that at Godzilla night. Godzilla movie with... Um, uh, Godzilla God, movie. Damn. Where they had to hide. They were in the bunker the whole movie with John Goodman. 
Oh. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yes, actually, that's his, that is another good comparison. Just reading the description, I'm like, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, because the the basic plot is like two people go into the woods for like a supply run, but then like they run into people and things that they maybe didn't want to run into, and they're being told that they need to like stay there and do A, B, and C. And they're like somewhat reluctant to do it, but end up doing it anyways. Um, I don't know. It's it's a pretty weird movie. Uh, I will say the best thing about it is the Clint Menzel score. That thing is oh, a banger. I didn't even know that he was doing the score on this thing. That's huge. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got some cool moments. It's got some like crazy editing and some like trippy kaleidoscope imagery that was uh pretty rad but the story just like never really pulled me in and the first half is pretty slow so it's hard to get invested into it um it has some like very good genre moments i just don't know if it really like adds up to like a satisfying experience so ultimately disappointed but there are things to like in it and you you might love it. You might fall for some of this bullshit, but you know. <laughs> I've heard very mixed things. Some people are either raving about it or think it's just absolute butt. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna see it in, in the, the theater, but <laughs> uh Ben Wheatley, I mean he's been um that guy's I feel like dude, he's like always someone I get excited about, but then I'm like ultimately disappointed with what I see. Did you ever see Rebecca? No. That came out last year, I think, right? Yeah. It feels like not that long ago it came out. Straight to Netflix. And then before that... I never heard anything good about it. Yeah, I didn't hear very good things either. And um, Free Fire was cool, but like should have been better. Kill List is really... Of the movies I've seen of his, Kill List is the only one that's like a certified banger. That's probably my favorite of his, and I think that's typically the one that people gravitate towards when recommending stuff of his, but it's partly because there's somewhat of a surprise element. And I feel like if you don't know the surprise, it's best just to go in cold. Um, but that's probably his highest mark of what he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. He's attached to everything though. Like he's supposed to do Meg two. He's been in talks to do a wage of fear remake. I think he was in talks to do another franchise movie too, that I'm blanking on right now. But this dude's name is everywhere. Well, everyone wants to hire him. He's, um, you know, that's that's just him now. He's going to sign on to all these fucking sequels. And I don't know, man. That's the way she goes, I guess. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. You want to do uh, another one? Uh, Sure. I also watched Shithouse from uh, last year. You guys heard of this? Yeah, I've heard of it. Um, somebody on some podcast I was listening to really liked it. I'm unfamiliar. It's a, like a low-budget indie college-type movie. Um, you could kind of compare it to like something like Everybody Wants Some or... Yeah, that's... But, you know, not as many characters and not um, as comedy-forward as that. Uh, it's got the same level of budget as shiva baby but uh i actually liked it quite a bit i didn't really have the college experience but i did uh go to some parties around that age and i feel like 
everyone can kind of relate to it to an extent. Um, but yeah, it's the director is also the main actor in it, and it's basically just about him, um, like having a connection with his. I forget who she is. She's. I don't know what the name of it is, but like the the dorm room leader, an advisor or something. All right. <laughs> yeah, a resident advisor. Yeah, that sounds right. But uh, yeah, he strikes up a relationship with her, and it mostly just kind of focuses on that relationship. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really good. I would uh, definitely recommend it. Where did you uh, Where did you watch this? I watched it on Showtime because I pay too much for cable and that's included in my uh plan (laughs) (laughs) that is literally the only place you can watch it the only place you can rent buy you can only buy it on amazon or you can watch it if you're a showtime subscriber those are the only two ways you can watch that movie right now Based on what well, Matt, I'm seeing here. I've pretty much given you every other login, so if you're dying to watch that and anything else on Showtime, I could probably uh, <laughs> make that work for you. Nah, <laughs> nah, that's okay. I'll wait until it pops up on fucking Hulu in six months. You don't uh, want to watch Ray Donovan? No, dude. You still watch that show? That show's still on? Uh, I haven't I haven't watched it in a while, but I, I think it's still uh, trucking. <laughs> Um. Cool. Any other thoughts on Shit House? No, but it is uh, recommended for me. Cool. Well, uh, I'm gonna pair these two. So these are these are movies that I rated three stars that came out twenty years apart. Uh, Bring it on and downhill. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you talked about Bring It On last time. Did I really? A brief moment when Tom left the building oh you're right you're right it's my diary is a little out of order um well i'm gonna talk about two movies that i gave three stars to that came uh released 16 years apart um (laughs) uh downhill and debs i'll start with downhill uh this is the force majeure american language remake uh Mm -hmm. starring will ferrell Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, it was okay. Um, Travis, you're fucked. I saw that you're, you were like, hot take, better than the original. And I, <laughs> as soon as I read that, I was like, God you're man. out of your goddamn mind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I did mo- that for the, the reactions. This mostly. movie has none of the bite of the original film. It's basically this movie does not justify its own existence it's not bad but i do think in essentially every way it's it's worse than the original (laughs) except i do think julia louis dreyfus gives a really good performance but Mm -hmm. her character is really unlikable in this and not that the actress is particularly likable in the Danish version. I was going to say Swedish or whatever that likable in the original. Right. But it's just, it's not as funny. Like here you have two of the funniest people ever. Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Iconic comedic actors. And it's just, it's not that funny. Like I think force majeure is, is really funny. And also it's super dark and it's got a really wicked sense of humor. And this movie just, it feels like a neutered version of force majeure 
and I just it was okay. I mean, I gave That's it three what it stars. Was going for right, a neutered version <laughs> of the original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like the first movie, but uh, uh, our movie is a eunuch, so uh, that's where we are here. <laughs> it was, you know, I. it was okay. Uh, I didn't dislike it. It was, you know, I think it, it definitely gets a knock because I'm comparing it to the, the source material, right? So oh, that's yeah. Kind of why I give it, I ended up on a three because I was like, yeah, it's not super unfair or it's not super fair to like go any lower because it's not like I disliked it. I was just constantly feeling like it was inferior to the original and pretty much always. I think that's, you know, if you are going to remake a movie, then you're asking for it, right? Like that should be part of the criteria. But it doesn't, it, it doesn't like some remakes try to do something a little different, change the plot a little bit, but in essence, the movie is exactly the same. I mean, it plays out for the most part just like the original. So it's does not the like it like, looks better. It does. It definitely look visually. I think it it looks pretty good. Um, that's the strength of the movie, I think. But I mean, not that I'm like the biggest Force Majeure fan. Like, I think I gave it like a four or something, right? When I saw it, so I'm not like a. I'm not one of those people that's going to put it on like a best of the decade list or anything, but I think that movie is really good. Thank God. <laughs> and I just, you know, <laughs> it was fine. I, I can't recommend it, but I, I can recommend Force Majeure. It's just an excuse for people who don't want to read subtitles to get the same plot. You know what I mean? With yeah, a little actors. bit lighter tone, too. A little bit, yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, a little bit lighter. I don't know. It's not that I love downhill. I just didn't necessarily fall for force majeure like everyone else did. And I think we talked about that. We had a little interesting conversation when we talked about this movie or force majeure when I saw it. It was um, with the whole thinking is the moment, you know, the, the big moment of the movie. Is it really that big of a deal or not? And how, you know, how big of a deal the wife makes it? Is it really fair or just Mm -hmm. i remember that conversation (laughs) i do i think force majeure handles the moment better too i mean i don't know if you felt that way but yeah i mean it's i feel like downhill everything is going for like a some sort of comedic bit right i feel like the majority of that movie is trying to go for humor with force majeure it's a little more mixed or a little more dark, so not not as obvious of humor, right? There's not like uh, punchlines in the same way that there are with with downhill or like yeah. comedic side characters, like Game of Thrones dude, who's like the <laughs> the manager of the. I mean, he was pretty funny. He was probably that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie was was them complaining to him. I like that, but like the the ski instructor who like has a thing with Julia Louis Dreyfus and the. The guy from Silicon Valley, um, the and the office, the tall, skinny fuck. Can't remember mm-hmm. the actor's name. Gabe from the office. <laughs> oh, um, yes. <laughs> so anyway, downhill, you know, it, it was fine. Um, and then Debs is the other three star movie. So th- this is a favorite of Haley's. And she um she's a big fan, has a lot of nostalgia for it. And it started off really strong. Are you guys familiar with what Debs is? Never heard of it. I'm so, looking it up right now, though. 
the tagline, the tagline, yeah, the tagline is evil is so totally busted. It's about a, it's about a team of like teenage crime fighters, basically. So there's like the FBI, the CIA, whatever, and then Debs, and it's these like young teenage girls who fight crime, basically. Oh, Megan uh, Good. Yeah, one of her early roles. It, so it starts off super promising. It's really tongue-in-cheek. Feels like it was made to be a cult classic. You know what I mean? Like it just has that vibe. Um, but the movie I found out after the fact is like based on like a short film or a short story or something. And it definitely feels like that. Like it definitely feels like they're stretching the movie to be feature length. And I guess it was a notorious box office bomb. Like if you go to Wikipedia, it says this movie costs like 3.5 million to make and it earned like 94,000 at the box office. Like bad, 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 bad. But it's now a cult classic. Like I guess this movie has kind of been, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not repped, but kind of been, um, repurposed and embraced (laughs) embraced by like the queer community because there's like uh the main characters uh are the main character ends up falling in love with like the villain and they're both women so it's like this like lesbian cult classic queer romance movie and i liked that there were moments that were that were fun and endearing but the middle part just kind of drags. Um, ultimately, I ended up rating it a three, but started off super strong. There's some really, really silly stylized moments that made me crack up, and I think it's just a lot of fun. And then you kind of get to the part where it's like, okay, you're clearly stretching for material here, and there's really not much of a plot. So worth a watch. Um, and if you, it, it's weird if you where look did at you this watch movie. It? Haley uh, rented because she was dying to watch it if you look at this movie on letterboxd there's like a bunch of fives a couple 4.5s and a bunch of fours like it's got a weird curve you can tell it's one of those movies that's the, like the people who love Looks it like fucking uh, love it. three four and five are its uh most prominent ratings right but it's a, it's weird, a weird curve, curve. right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um so, it, you know, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it. I liked it more than I thought I would, but pretty uh, pretty mixed. So, uh, Tom, what's your uh, what's your thing? What did you watch? What you got going on? Oh, Sarah and I watched um, Saving Private Ryan because <laughs> it was on the uh, it was on the headline of Netflix, you know, like leaving April 30th or whatever. And right. I was like, Sarah, have you ever seen this movie? Um, so naturally we had to because she'd never seen it um uh i will now explain to you the plot of saving private ryan um no i won't do that everybody knows this movie um i think sarah's the only person on the planet who hadn't seen it it's still really good um i think dunkirk there are what's that (laughs) no i'm just kidding (laughs) uh does it matter um no <laughs> uh <laughs> there are a couple places it maybe drags a little bit you know what watching it now compared to when i was a kid um and 
there's a there's at least one character arc that I think is pretty lame. I don't know how well. I mean, Matt, when's the last time you saw this movie? Um, uh, probably close to ten years. Is it uh, yeah. Vin Diesel's arc that you're referring to? No, his doesn't last long enough to be annoyed with. <laughs> uh, I like Vin Diesel in that movie. Um, no, there's just one other character. I've never seen him in anything else. He's part of the troupe. He's just sort of like the brash, good-looking, um, you know, punk who challenges authority a lot. And um, I, I don't know. He has kind of a lame redemption arc. Um, he, he's not a Did great Barry actor. Pepper? No, nah, Barry Pepper's the sniper. No, yeah, Barry Peppers, that's not him. We got to know, Tom, which character well, you're talking about. All right, well, bear with me here. Saving Ryan's Privates. <laughs> I've uh, only seen this la, 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 once, la, la, la. and it was Edward probably Burns, like five or Private years ago. Private Richard Rybin. He's the Brooklyn guy. guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I know who you're talking about. Brooklyn guy. Yeah. Wait, Travis, you've seen this movie once and it was like five mm-hmm. years ago? Did those words just come out of your mouth? Yep. H- how? <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> Dude, back in the day, I would skip out on a lot of movies uh, for video games. My parents would rent something and it meant two hours of gaming or, you know, two hours or maybe three hours in this instance <laughs> of movie watching. And I would always go for gaming. Huh. Missed out on some classics from the nineties. You should hear my first viewing experience of the Matrix. It was huge. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it on like my aunt's maybe thirteen inch television in her bedroom, which was like, you know, a good eight feet away from where I was watching it. <laughs> maybe maybe ten to fifteen. Yeah, it was not ideal, but still loved it. Well yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, nothing to add there. It's, it's a good movie. I did cry a couple times. Um, mostly in the beginning, but, uh, I think that was the parent, the parenthood thing, just <laughs> weaseling its way into my experience. Um, but yeah, still a great movie. Still one of my top, top war movies. Definitely one of my top world war two movies. Came out the same year as the thin red line. Yeah, and the thin red line also, is better. Yeah, I mean, they're very different. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I yes. think I like them equally. Isn't it weird that both like two of the most compelling yet different World War Two movies were released in the same year, and one is basically forgotten by, you know, non-film aficionados, and then the other is like the world war two movie <laughs> like there's not another world war two movie that i that is more iconic than saving private ryan uh, no. i don't think i'm going out on a limb there I saying that i don't think so um i mean just look at the cast list it's crazy to go back through and be watching it and be like is that fucking ted dancing in this movie for two minutes you know just like <laughs> there are so many so many different actors in this movie um but i mean it was effective it wasn't just like cheap thrills um right. you know that got like popular without you know undeservedly it was it's pretty brutal especially that that initial scene where they land at normandy yeah the the my relationship with this movie was i would usually watch the d-day sequence and then 
yeah. lose interest and turn it off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like when I was like in in high school, yeah, I love. I thought the D Day sequence was like it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then I've seen the whole movie start to finish. I don't know, two or three times maybe. But I've seen that D Day sequence. Like when my dad got that on Blu-ray, woo, putting that on, cranking the sound, like that was huge. But I've seen that D Day sequence probably fifteen times in my life. <laughs> Whole movie though, probably two or three times. Great though, it's a great movie. Still, I'm sure uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but imagine holds you can up. Trust me, it's still great. <laughs> it's um, gonna make an appearance in Tom's top one hundred. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. That was basically uh, all you uh, crammed in since last time. Yeah, I think so. Unless I'm forgetting something. All right. Well, Travis, how many more do you got? Um, I'll just note that I'm almost done with Love, the Netflix show. Oh, yeah. And I'm still loving it. You're in season three now? Yep. I'm probably like halfway through season three. And I would recommend it to both of you, but um, Matt, I'm surprised Haley hasn't uh, dragged you into it yet. Uh, are you, dude, I've already seen Love. What are you talking about? Oh, I thought she watched it by herself. No, she has seen Sarah it. Sarah th- watched it by herself. Oh, so you mixed me up with maybe Tom. No, I, I thought, thought you said Haley loved it and you hadn't seen it, but maybe that was she loved it and you had seen it. Yes, yeah, so she had seen the whole series three times before we even met. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just saw it the one time. <laughs> and I, I do see. like it a lot, but yeah. Okay, okay. It doesn't strike me as like a comfort show. She saw it three times? Yeah. No, yeah. It, is, it is easy watching. I mean, there's the characters go through, you know, some struggles, but it's mostly light. You get pretty attached to them, too. Yeah, some good characters, some good comedy. I don't know. I'm all about it. Love it. It's uh, one of the better shows I've watched lately, I feel like. What's the Australian chick's name? Be- Be- Birdie? Birdie. Birdie's great. I love Birdie. She is great. <laughs> <laughs> Does the show ever address how much better looking sh- uh, uh, the yes. woman <laughs> is than the guy? Because uh, it's like... It does to an extent. A but, little bit, yeah. I mean, come on, Tom. Be nice. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying sometimes it's like what's happening here. That's the yeah. that's the old that's the old Seth Rogan uh uh dilemma, right? Before Seth Rogan got hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Catherine Heigl and Seth Rogan, how did this happen? You know what I mean? He, like <laughs> he outkicked his coverage, isn't that the the phrase? Outkicked like his coverage? I don't know. Some, there's some sort of football term when you when you land a more attractive person than yourself. I you know personally, no, I have no clue what you're <laughs> talking about. Okay. But I personally love the UK version where they say uh, they use the term punching. I, I'm assuming like punching above your weight. Above your weight. Right, right. So if you have like if I if you have like a super hot girlfriend, you would say like, oh, Matt's punching. Or whatever, you know what I mean? Or or so and so is punching. They use that term. Which Did I you like. learn that from one of your um, reality shows? Love Island, of course. Yep. <laughs> 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 uh, 
the last thing I have to talk about is I saw Minari. So I'm oh, in the theater. nice. Dude, you're just a little theater bug. You're not even vaccinated yet. Oh, you yeah. Slippery fucking. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Water bug. Um, but yeah, I liked it quite a bit. <laughs> don't think it would have made a best of list or anything last year, but it's still a really solid movie. Um, it's, I don't know if you guys know the plot of it. I can spare the details if you do. I do. Yeah, generally. Okay. Well, yeah, good performances. Um, some funny moments, some touching moments, some sad moments. It's got everything you want in a family drama. Um, the only nitpick I'd really have is the ending seemed a little too like convenient or on the nose with some of its symbolism and just the way it wrapped up. But otherwise, I think it was uh, really solid and uh, was a joy to watch. It seems uh, It seems like a very personal type movie so for this uh director yeah so i'm sorry but how have 134,000 people logged this on letterboxd are people just dropping 20 bucks to to like rent it because it's an oscar movie or like i i've been waiting for <laughs> like uh, i didn't want to pay 20 dollars, but now i feel like a piece of shit because i'm looking at it and it's like 134,000 people have logged this movie on Letterboxd. That's just Letterboxd, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, yeah, that's a I'm, good question. I don't know if people are streaming it or if people are going to theaters and seeing They're it. They probably just pre-reviewed know, it, which is what I'm thinking I'm going to do. Just pre-review I, it at a four. Well, I watch <laughs> it. hate when people do that. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't understand why people do that either. Unless they're doing it for a well, bit. Promising Young Woman, I feel like, had the same type of release as Minari. And that has 185k logged, so I don't know. There's probably enough film buffs out there to uh, drop the coinage or uh, brave the theater. You can rent Promising Young Woman now, though, for six bucks. And you can't with Minari. It's still twenty bucks to rent. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what to tell you. Promising Young Woman, I feel like, has also become a larger part of the the discourse than minari just because there's oh, yeah. been a there's been a, a lot like this is the la la land of this oscar season like there's been a ton of backlash against promising young women and so you know people need a movie to shit on to to <laughs> to be contrarians <laughs> and um you know I, I do think some of the criticisms are valid for sure but I don't know. I need to watch Minari, I guess, is the moral. Yeah, story. Minari is still 20 bucks to rent. Damn. Can't even buy it if you wanted to. I know. Blame me 24. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Those money hungry bastards selling t shirts yep. for fucking $60. Get fucked. I know. Have you looked at their merch store? Right. It makes me sick. It makes me want to barf. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad Those merch and it's so expensive. A24. It's mm. not bad. It's just very basic. It's bad, dude. Don't you dare try and stick but, up yeah. for A24. You could buy a fucking white t-shirt with, the, with A24 on it for $60. Yep. It's I good like, quality, though. 
Chelsea did buy me Ooh, a pair of socks. Good quality. Hey, printed on no, Gildan. Listen, we printed listen. on Gildan, just Gildan, like everyone else. Gildan is trash. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, what are American on, Apparel? I don't fucking, fucking know. American Apparel or something. <laughs> uh, but no, Chelsea did buy me a pair of socks off their website, and those are the most comfortable socks that I've owned. I don't know if that says something about me or the socks, but... Well, they probably cost 15 <laughs> times more than your most expensive pair of socks. I mean, that's true. How about true. these $48 black gym shorts that just say A24 down the sides? How much? 48 bucks. Oh, my God. Do I hate A24 now? No. It's getting me mad. The Green Knight will bring you back. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm back I like this brain dead hat, but it's sold out. And it's also 48 bucks. What the fuck, A24? They just they charge so much fucking money. Yeah, they do. What's the what's the sitch on uh... sold out? <laughs> People buy that shit. They eat it up. Oh yeah. What's uh what's the sitch on um uh Green Knight? Are we are we, are no we seeing idea. that? Are we seeing that this year? Or? Well, I I'm definitely seeing it and <laughs> come hell or high water. <laughs> uh, release date July 30th. I'm there. I'm gonna be fully vaxxed by then. I'm there. Not this, that ca- that this castless is <laughs> enormous. Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, mm. Barry, Barry, your boy Keegan. Barry. Barry oh, Keegan. oh fuck! <laughs> We're in. David um, Lowry. This is going to be his best movie yet. One can hope. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the bar is that high, but we'll see. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I did love A Ghost Story on Rewatch, though. All right, well, a uh, couple things. Uh, two documentaries I'm going to knock out real quick. Uh, Console Wars, that Paramount Plus uh, movie about Sega versus Nintendo. It was all right. Uh, focuses too much on Sega. I'm a, I'm a Nintendo kid, wanted more Nintendo stuff. Mm-hmm. Not that interesting if you're familiar with video games, which I am. No new information here. People they talk to, not that interesting. Uh, you know, it's it's fine. Um, why did you kill me? I saw this like trending on Netflix. It's a like a true crime documentary, and it it presents itself like it's some sort of like murder mystery that took place on MySpace. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm in the mood for a MySpace murder true crime thing myspace barely plays a factor in the movie at all like they just use that as click this is basically a clickbait true crime documentary (laughs) (laughs) it was bad uh it's 83 minutes and they are stretching it is not that interesting of a story it was a pretty open and shut case so they're like milking it for drama um just bad visual the way it's presented visually the way the the story they try to like milk it for dramatic material and kind of drag out the the resolution but if you piece it together pretty open and shut case not that interesting so uh the human element was whatever like obviously they're sad that their family member got killed but like I don't know you. I don't care. You know, like <laughs> I didn't have a ton of my my empathetic reaction wasn't triggered by this movie. So not cannot recommend two out of two out of five stars. Matt, have you ever seen Tall Hot Blonde? All one word. No, although I've seen it on one no, stream no platform e on or the another. end. 
Yeah, I've seen it on streaming platforms, one or another, for oh. quite a long time. It sounds right up your alley. It's kind of like a catfish type scenario, but Ooh. a real, you know, documentary, not some bullshit. Right, right. <laughs> so this is, uh, you know, Netflix is they just got to have content for people. So if you like content, this movie's for you. I mean, Netflix um, is turning into the clickbait streaming service, so it, it makes perfect sense that they they that would be something. something by Yep. <laughs> so that was not great. Why did you kill me with a question mark at the end? Just so you can uh, avoid it. And then last thing I'll talk about was a rewatch. Uh, You're next. I haven't seen this since the theaters back when it came out in 2013 Beach. or 14 or something. Um, it's a, this is a great movie. I love your next. It's uh, hey, sorry to interrupt, Matt. I got to jump boys. Oh, um, right. Right. Peace well, and love. Okay. I'll wrap her up. Catch you next right. time. See you later, we'll Tom. We'll without you. Later. All right. So, well, we'll be done in a couple minutes anyway. Um, you're next. Uh, you've seen You're Next, right, Travis? Oh, yeah. A couple times. Pretty good, right? in the theater. Yeah, I like it quite a bit. This was the last movie I saw uh, in the theater with my sister. It was just me and her. I took her to go see mm-hmm. a movie. I was in college. Um, great movie. Love the gore, love the plot. I love the kind of uh, the mystery of who's behind the attacks. I think there are some tense moments. It's really, it's kind of meta. Like you can tell, I mean, we know mm-hmm. this now because we've seen Adam Wingard's career, but Adam Wingard's a big horror buff. So you can tell that he has a love for the genre and you got his, uh, his mumblecore buddies in there. Like Joe bunch Swamber. of directors in here. Joe Swamber. Ty, Ty West is in it. He's the first one to die, but Simon Barrett. Amy, Amy Simons or whatever. Yeah. Actor turned filmmaker. She dies tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Huge. This is just, it's a who's who of uh, indie horror flicks. Um, I do love Joe Swanberg's character in this movie, though. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, until he's, the moment. he's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just a fun movie. It's a blast. Like, this is a movie that you can put on anytime and just have a good time. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. Big fan. Love your next. Um, that's that's it. Almost, I will say Haley and I are almost done with uh, Parenthood. Uh, we've got it like we're like halfway through season six. And uh, that show's an all-timer. I recommend it to everybody. Parenthood is great. I have heard good things. I still need to see the uh, original movie with uh, Steve Martin as well. Nah, I haven't seen it. Well, it's one of Frank's favorites from uh, Film from Junk. Film Junk. So. Yeah. So, so is fucking down for... <laughs> Nothing but trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a good movie. Sorry, Frank, but... <laughs> I don't even remember much about that movie, but that's the one with Chevy Chase, right? Yeah, I remember seeing bits and pieces of it a long time ago when we were in a hotel room somewhere. Like I was so young that I don't remember anything else, but I do remember like bits and pieces of that movie being on when we were in the hotel room. I think we were in like California or something. Yeah, we did the like family trip down to Disneyland. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've seen that movie in full or seen it since that memory. But I would be curious to rewatch it just based on his love for it. It's effusive praise of it. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> um, okay. That's it for me. Anything else you want to mention before we uh, wrap her up? I'm Gucci. Uh, we were both wrong. The running time on this one is going to end up being a little bit longer than uh, the length of the movie we reviewed on the show. I said like 10 minutes longer. Was I right? Well, right now we're at 85, but that doesn't include like the clips or like what I clip from the beginning, you know, like cut out from the beginning. So we'll see. Final runtime, we're probably looking at about 85 minutes on this thing. But the listeners will be able to tell. I don't know if I explicitly said 10 minutes longer, but that's what I was thinking when we were chatting about it. So (laughs) I think I was right. (laughs) Well, what's uh, what's next? Uh, Tom's not here to talk about it, but... Mortal Kombat. I'm definitely going to see that, for sure. We're going to be a little late to the party. Yes, because we're not going to record... Might be a while because we've got the digest to record and um, I haven't brought this up in the text, but I uh, can't record this weekend. So uh, Guess more time to watch uh, Ringu. Ringu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep an eye on the feed. Um, there's going to be some digest stuff coming up. Remains to be seen. Is there anything on the horizon? Like uh, mm. we're, good news is that we're all going to be fully vaccinated within the next month or so give or take so probably be more comfortable going to see movies in the theater i know i know you're already on that train but i haven't yet so uh that'll open uh open things up a little bit as far as uh options for the show we'll have to see well we can say mortal Kombat for sure yep yep and then uh, maybe something else Stay tuned, I suppose. Keep an eye on the feed. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the feed so you can stay up to date on all of our latest content. Uh, send us an email if you like with uh, comments, questions, discussion topics, whatever floats your boat. Cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. want to thank, thank each and every single one of you for listening. It's a pleasure. We got the top 100 coming up uh, later this year. So I'll have to work out the details. But uh, get hyped. Gotta start building the hype now, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Peace out. Later. Bye.